This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate, Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Booyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Logan, Punch and Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another active episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. Good afternoon, or what am I talking about? Good evening. Well, I guess it is. I guess it is afternoon, technically. But yes, good evening to you, sir. Good evening. Uh, I am fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've been... um, I've been thinking a lot recently. Uh, I took my son over to like a um, for like a trial session at a martial arts place. Nice uh, here locally because, you know, there's he's in first grade now. And frankly, some kids can be jerks. Yeah. And he ran into a little bit of bullying on the playground. Some kids he didn't even know. Just, you know, being a pain. And what what got me even more is that you know how how my how my little guy is. And he just like took it in stride and he just told us, Yeah, you know, some kid knocked me on the ground, you know, whatever. And w- I'm sitting here like I'm gonna fly a drone over that school <laughs> and I'm gonna figure out which one it? of those little buggers. Um but you know, to make a long story short. Uh, then I'm going to addict them to D&D and then convince them to go to art school. That'll teach yeah, them. Yeah, that'll 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 show them the error of their ways. <laughs> um oh my god. But when uh when I took him over to the little class watching these kids like all doing their their forms and stuff like that going through the sequences and stuff, it had me really wanting to like get in there and like, you know, get active too. And way back in the day, I used to do medieval reenactment through a mm-hmm. uh, program with our church. And my favorite thing about that was the was sword fighting. And it was like mainly boffer weapons, um, although we'd armor up and, you know, it was it was about as hard as boffer weapons could be. Like you'd feel that pipe <laughs> through the padding. But um, I have been. Since uh, going with my son over that class, I've been thinking about getting involved in HEMA, which is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it stands for uh, Historical European Martial Arts, where you're basically, you literally are studying sword fighting and you're doing um, sparring in actual combat using um, very hard weapons even uh, for competition you're even using actual metal weapons uh no bladed uh edged weapons everything's blunted but apart from that like you're talking 
You like, still full. still split your head open. I mean, no problem. Oh yeah, you're you're definitely armored head to toe. Um, it's high impact. Yeah, I've like, I've seen that stuff on like YouTube and TikTok and stuff, yeah. and it looks really cool. I, I'm definitely too old for that stuff, but uh, that oh, man. looks uh, it does look like fun for you know the half hour before I need to take all that stuff off and. <laughs> like drink a gallon of water. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I mean, I But boy, I'm, I'm, what a 15 minutes that would be. <laughs> right. And I'm I'm thinking about it like, look, you know, at first, yeah, that's going to be the case. Like I'm going to be like Yeah, wheezing and everything. Yeah. But, you know, I I feel like the older we get, and for anyone listening who's younger, take this as, you know, the advice that it should be um, the older we get and the, the more comfortable we get, the easier it is to just stay sedentary. And, oh, yeah. you know, as, as much as we adore this hobby, it's a pretty sedentary one. Yeah. Typically. Um, unless maybe you're getting out there and actually like LARPing and stuff, which yeah. in that case, that awesome. Yeah. Um, but not for staying me. Act- awesome. Right. Like s- staying active is really important, but I've always had a problem with exercising when I, when I don't have a reason to exercise beyond. Yeah. I think it's it beyond it's good for a, you. A lot of people struggle with that. It's like, Oh, I'm going to try to play basketball. I'm going to try to right. pick up dance or something, you know? Like it, it always seems like the like women especially are finding some class to attend, right? You know, yeah. like oh, I'm gonna go do Zumba, I'm gonna do yoga, something like yeah. that. By the way, like you've ne- I've never talked to anyone who did yoga and was like, man, what a waste of time. They've always been like, oh, it was oh, dude. They've always been like, oh, it's fantastic. I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I know for a fact I'm never gonna sign up. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna do it. I don't know why, but I know I'm not. I've even gonna, tried it before and I was like, oh, that's yeah, that was a better workout than I thought it would be. I'm right. not going again. Right. <laughs> like, it was really I, that simple. I think the I think the thing that is most has sounded most interesting to me about it is, you know, the the people who really start taking it seriously. Um, I really like the mental aspect of it. Like as somebody mm. with ADD, especially the idea of an exercise that basically is designed to demand your full mental attention and just focusing on quieting your thoughts and just existing in the mm-hmm. present and existing mm. in the moment and and shutting out everything. Um, this kind of makes me of- think of like the mindfulness stuff that yeah uh, like sam That's harris exactly is into what it is. yeah it's uh it's really interesting and um so anyway that that's what i've been thinking of recently i've been looking into gear um because i i would like to get back in shape i think i can do it i i bet you you could too although you know do what you will uh, right i i mean a couple of years ago i dropped 60 pounds i mean that was pretty there good i go. think i think most of it's back now but it was uh hey. it was a good time doing that while it was and, and the main exercise i was doing during that time was just walking 
just walking around my neighborhood. I remember you were swimming a lot too. Yeah, well, kind of. I was I was running in the pool, is what it was. So it was like kind of jogging, but yeah, and like there's no joint pressure, so that's nice, you know. Oh yeah. Um, So my I had access to that, and then when I was starting out, I was actually just playing Beat Saber a lot. Uh, So VR is also. I need to start doing that again. Yeah, that's something I, I do want to get back into. And if I can get a little bit more space, especially, I would like yeah. to. Um, it's it's just something I've, I've always struggled to have enough room to do it. Uh, but we yeah. do have the, the uh, cordless one now. And yeah. so we got I got to get in, in on that living room. And, yeah, just do it in the living room. And, you know, because I used to like peel off my shirt, you know, when it was, when I was done yeah. and just be absolutely drenched, just, uh, yep. come just in looking d- like you ran a marathon. Yeah. And I would feel great. And, and, and that was fantastic. So that is something I would, I would like to do again. And, if, and I think especially for people in our hobby, that's a nice transition because you just, you know, that level devil, you know, where it's like, oh, it's just yep. one more, one more, one more. Well, when you're working just out, like, more. you don't have to feel <laughs> too guilty. Like, okay, one more turned yep. into 15 more, and uh, I'm not upset about that. So, nope. It's a definitely a good way to go. Also, played some Gorn back in the day. And oh, Gorn. G- Gorn's He's... not as much, but it's still quite a bit because you have to basically, like, pull yourself around the map. Yeah. And that's that, very true. That get that gets to be quite a bit. Uh, there was a boxing game I picked up. I, I think it was called like a thrill of the fight. And that made yeah. me sweat a ton. Uh, I would, I would actually get winded really quickly from that one. Yeah. Um, I, there, there's, there's some something good about, you know, anything, anything uh, leaning in the direction of, of combat, like yeah. fighting, is a lot of work. <laughs> Did you and do any martial arts or wrestling or anything growing up? Well, when I was growing up, the the extent of the the sporting that I did was the sword fighting I mentioned before. Like I was, right. I was actually like pretty decent when I was doing it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I as skinny as I was, it made me that much skinnier. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I was never, I was never really big into, uh, into conventional sports at any rate. Um, yeah. So I, I did karate growing up. Um, I definitely, I definitely got bullied a little bit. Um, sure. It didn't cause me to get in fights, but I lost a bunch of weight. Um, mm. and I started like carrying myself differently. So just let's say the fight offers just weren't coming yeah. in at the same rate. You know, like you just become less of a target. And, um, you know, of course, I was smart enough, you know, in middle school to just avoid that sort of thing. Um, Even though there were plenty of jerks looking for a fight, you know, it was just like, well, I'm not getting expelled. No, thanks. You know, so I'd find ways around things. Uh, And then I did some fencing in high school. I remember we played around with with your gear when we were in school together for a while. We went over to your gym. That was fun. Yeah, that was a really good time. And uh, I I, I definitely miss doing that. You'd work up a nice sweat doing that kind of thing. I bet you could get back into that. Yeah, that's something I could probably do again if I found a 
a place or I'd come watch you. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people like to watch me for the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, but it was kind of funny. I was taking my daughter to karate cause I, I put my, my oldest and my middle child through at least a little bit. They're, they're both out of it now, but mm. um, you know, but I do recommend it as an activity for the kids. Well, one day they were like, Oh, let's have, we have a little extra time. Let's have, Let's bring this break out like the foam katanas and yeah, you know, parents versus kids, you know. Um, and so I went out there and I, I held my, my little foam sword. Like it was more of a rapier or a saber. <laughs> and they were like, okay, good luck, dude. And like, I was unbeatable basically. And I was going to say that muscle memory probably came back. I a mean, bit. again, it's like a foam sword. So it's light enough, you know, Oh, not yeah. Like, not like that would work with an actual long sword. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, some of it came back. I, I was definitely panting, though. I was like, <gasps> you know. Oh, but dude. It it was it's, fun. It is, it is crazy. I felt kind of bad, actually. I, I should have just sandbagged a little bit more and let the kids win. But I was. Uh, <laughs> Heck no. How many opportunities <laughs> do you get to do this? You put those little whippersnappers in their place. I felt, I felt a little bit embarrassed afterwards but it was fun in the moment you just you go i'm gonna show you kids what's up i'm gonna give you something to aspire to it was just well there's just like a couple of easy tricks that like if you don't like if no if someone else has like no training you're just gonna win every time you know (laughs) because you could just be like okay here's my sword and then they go for it and then you just slip underneath and stab and you're like well i win boom gotcha you know, and it's just like completely effortless. But anyone with any training is going to see what I'm doing like immediately and avoid that. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I don't remember anything else from high school. So, <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm out, I'm out oh, of no, tricks. No, 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 Help. Um, just run away. Well, speaking of, of exercises and, and working out and that sort of thing, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about, um, how to develop our GM muscles a little bit. Oh, so there's, there's your transition. Ah, nice segue. Um, so last week we talked about the stats of a GM, right? We talked about what GM strength, uh, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma were, right? We sort of attached, um, definitions to each of them. And then, and then we try to rate ourselves. So right. what I want to do this week is take a few of them, maybe maybe three of them or so, and kind of break down how to improve and what we can do hmm. to kind of work on those stats. What is what are our aerobics and and weights and all that stuff when it comes to GMing? How do I actually hmm. improve? Um, so the first stat that we talked about was strength. Okay. Yeah. And strength being your ability to uh, prepare and to deliver a lot of sort of uh, novelty, physical or digital set pieces, uh, whether or not you're implementing sound or whatever, uh, your ability to bring stuff and Mm. to to have this, you know, have your players walk away from it going, wow, I can't believe that he did all that stuff and it was so memorable. Right. Um, so in a physical game, this might take the place of like a very 
complex looking physical map, right? Or maybe even like 3D terrain that you would typically see in like Warhammer or something. Um, and then I mean, in, if you're in person, the options for oh, it's for endless, right? Crazy play spaces that you can make are, I mean, and most of that stuff you need to make, right? Like, yeah. you don't just go to like Hobbies R Us and they have all this stuff. Like, even a really big hobby store is really only going to give you some building blocks. Um, well, but now we have the. <laughs> the be all end all store of the internet. Right. And so there is that, but a lot of times we have to look outside of like, okay, what did whiz kids produce, you know? Um, and, and think about how can I use this object that's used for something else uh, in sure. the stead? Because as soon as something's like labeled for game hobbies, the price just went up like $20. Oh, I mean over at Nord, we're, um, we're good friends with the folks over at Dwarven Forge. Yeah. So we get to use a little bit of their stuff from time to time. But, man, you go, you know, you look at a full set of of, of a, a single-themed Dwarven Forge set. Like, forget about all their stuff, but, you know, all the volcano pieces or whatever the heck. I mean, you're probably in for well over $1,000. Yeah, and that's and for a particular kind of piece that's kind of like niche. Uh, <laughs> and then your players oh decide that God. there's a reason to not go there. <laughs> you're like, no, you're going. No, you're going. This, uh, <laughs> the, I will railroad you shamelessly. I have. Uh, I am not above this. Um, I took out a second mortgage on my house <laughs> to build this thing. Oh my god! You are gonna experience it, and then the campaign will be immediately over because I don't have any time to do anything else. Right. Um, so you know, strength is tricky in that way because all of these things don't necessarily make a great game. But one thing that they really do is they give you a sort of ethos, right? They give you a kind of credibility as a GM. Like people are in, are initially impressed. There is that sense of novelty and it creates these wonderful, memorable moments, which is really like the treasure that we seek when um when running these games, we want those oh, moments yeah. that the players are going to remember and that they're going to talk about and like, Hey, do you remember that one time? That was the coolest thing I ever did. Um, those are the, those are those things you really want. So there's a lot we can do to build that up. Like, I don't think I have a lot of strength. I think that I, you know, very weak in, in my presentation. Okay. How can we fix that? So the, the, the first question being, are you, online or are you in person because there's there's some different rules here so um i'm not necessarily the craftiest gm i think in terms of in in person game my strength stat might be a little bit lower compared when to when you say craftiest online. you you are you talking like literally building literally stuff with your hands? literally gotcha right like you are gluing fake grass onto you know a terrain module that is that has like peaks and valleys and i'm guessing that if if i had if i felt like i had more time and more more i guess 
reason to do in-person stuff. I think that this is probably somewhere where I could probably, where I might actually be a bit stronger. Like I, I love, I mean, you know, I love doing stuff with my hands and oh, yeah, building definitely. stuff, making stuff. Um, that's definitely my jam, but I just I don't have anybody I'm doing that stuff for. So, it, you know, it feels like wasted effort if I'm messing around with that. But all the same. Yeah. So in, in this category, I would say here's some ideas of things you could add to your game. And the the simplest thing I can think of, like the 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 easiest approach are just handouts. Right. Like, oh, yeah. When you get when you when you kill the kobold and he has like a mysterious note, you actually make a mysterious note and you give it to him. Right. Yeah. And now this could literally be on a piece of like lined paper that you wrote on with a Bic pen. And that that's fine. It it's better than doing something like, oh, you read the note from the kobold and it basically says that their base is, you know, near the lake by a big tree. Right. And uh, the NPC marks it on your map. Where's the map? I don't have one, but you know where to go. Okay. I know where to go. Right. right? You know what I mean? So that would be a very low strength example. Whereas, okay, I want to get a little bit stronger. Here's a note. If yeah. you can. If you want to go further than that, of course, we can we can go the nine yards, right? You can stain it and age it. There's like a billion tutorials for that online. But like a lot of people talk about using coffee uh, to stain paper. Uh, I've, I've also heard tea like you, you right? could imagine yeah. like using like brewing up some black, some just basic black tea. Yep. And. And you can buy cheap them. stuff. Don't get anything yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. You can buy buy yourself the most generic box of black tea bags at like Target, mm -hmm. and you know you just make a little pot of it. it Grocery store even brand have to be hot, you yep. know. And then you just soak a piece of printer paper. I one thing I like to use a lot. Um, I do. Uh, for usually for holidays or a birthday or something, I'll, I'll draw um, cards for my wife. And when I do those, I like to use card stock. Um, and I found for anybody who's interested, um, I found this stuff at target. It's a, just a ream of card cardstock it's smooth cardstock that's astro brights brand and it's uh it'll say on the front that it's 110 pound uh weight for the paper and it's this nice heavy solid white cardstock that really takes um it takes pen and paint and everything pretty well without having like a lot of like kind of messy bleed um, and I bet you it would absorb staining like that really nicely. And with the nice heavy weight, it, you know, it won't just fall apart on you. Um, so for anyone trying to make handouts, if you want like, you know, decent material to work with, you can find this at Target for, you know, I think it's like maybe 20 bucks or less. And you get like, you know, it's 
what is this, 235 sheets of this stuff? You know, and you're set for a while. I mean, heck, you can even take newsprint or basic oh, yeah. printer paper. And if and with a little know-how, you can dress that up. Definitely. Um, you know, there's probably a way to make, like, wax seals. I don't have any advice on that other than going to, like, Michael's and getting a kit. But I'm sure there's a way. Um, oh, you can go on Etsy. I saw, um, like, when I was running Curse of Straw, uh, I saw some people, um, especially folks who are even running, like, uh remote games they were running them online and this gm had gone on etsy and had bought a custom made seal for to make uh wax seals for envelopes and stuff he had this seal custom made with strahd's crest on Mm -hmm. it like the big open wing raven and he actually like made these nice stained envelopes and handwritten letters. Oh, nice! Sealed it and sent them to his players in the mail <laughs> without telling them that it was coming or anything. They just oh. got this sealed letter, and there was like no return address or anything. <laughs> and it was just a like a dinner invitation from Strahd. <laughs> like just freaking out and stuff. It was super so that, rad. It would be funny if there there was a return of, <laughs> return address. Count Strahd von Zarevich, um, one two three four Oak Street. <laughs> You're like oh, <laughs> Oak Street, Barovia, <laughs> M- Minneapolis. <laughs> like, oh. Okay, sure. Oh my god. Um, S- Strahd lives in Minnesota. It's like man, you really had me, but. This little thing in the corner, man, you, you killed it. Just um, got me. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I like stuff like that. Um, uh, so. One simple thing I've done in the past is just like printed out an invitation to the game with like some basic session zero, how to build a character kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I'll put that in just a regular envelope and hand it to people. And, and that's a thrill too. Yeah. Um, Anything you can get your hands on really yeah and i mean we've only been talking about paper so far you know this is not to say anything about like how the mat could be a lot of times i just use the silicone mats i I got from uh aj pickett and i just draw on them and create my little barriers i've tried other uh things in the past like i have the dungeon tiles that dnd made it's not really for me i don't i don't i don't really like those very much um, you know, but I mean, I see some people doing like huge set pieces, uh, playing with things like elevation using like clear plastic oh. tubes and, and plates to create a sense of, of height. I mean, you even get the little, the little, uh, the little white plastic table that you get in a pizza box, you know, that, oh, that yeah. keeps <laughs> the box from sticking to the cheese. Right, people yeah. like save those things and use them for like flying yeah. monsters and stuff. There's, I mean, honestly, ways you can make tabletop like physical things, yeah, cool could be a topic unto itself. I mean, we could talk about that. We really for, could, you know, and, ever, and we don't want to get too lost. So I, I just want to go over just a few basic things. Obviously, minis play a big part. Yep. And mini painting is a whole other hobby unto itself. But oh, I love it so much. 
being able to lay down the mini that is actually representing the monster that you're dealing with is really cool. Uh, a lot yeah. of times we end up using stand-ins, right? Like, okay, guys, I know we we'll put right. a giant here, but it's a green dragon. And everyone's like, okay, fine. It's a green dragon. You know, I, I, you know, I think I've mentioned before on the show that my colossal red dragon, like I wasn't going to shell out for that in college. So, I just, you know, I just had a two liter empty Pepsi bottle. Right. There you go. <laughs> and I was like, He's about and, this big. And, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, that's really big. But also that's a Pepsi bottle. It's kind of taking me out. But okay, you know, we're, we're still going to fight it. <laughs> you know? um, I quick tip for anyone who wants to find a good mini that is representative of their character. Um, seriously, go look around on Etsy. There are so many people now that have 3D printers. Oh, yeah. And there are so many companies that release their STL files. And a lot of the people that are using these 3D printers also have a bit of a knack for 3D modeling. So the opportunity to get custom made or even mildly just customizable uh, minis, like, you know, a mini that might have a few variations that you could purchase, um, you can get like resin 3D printed minis of all kinds of things ranging from your typical stuff to more um like races and creatures that you don't typically find at the hobby store like i've mentioned i like to play goliaths a lot and it, you have a pretty hard time finding a mm-hmm. wide range of minis for them but on etsy there's tons and the sculpts are so freaking cool and you can get like a like a, a correct scale mini for, you know, for your one inch grid for not very much, like maybe 20 bucks or less, you know, a few bucks for shipping. I think, I think that's another thing got, that could like factor into your strength score is how much can I do with like not breaking my bank? Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because know, it know your financial limits. It, it's it's it can definitely get out of control, especially if you're doing a lot of the official stuff. Um, you know, my I've gotten a couple of different mini carriers. One of them was like for Warhammer, and the yeah. other one was a fishing tackle box, and I was far happier with the fishing tackle box. Oh, totally. You know, for what I wanted to do. And, you know, so I, I'm sure if I was playing Warhammer, maybe it'd be a little different. But like, since I'm just doing D&D with plastic minis, like definitely working with all the foam wasn't that necessary. Right. So physically, there's I mean, the sky's the limit. But what I would recommend if you want to build that strength score is to decide on one thing next session you'd like to add and then maybe add something else. And if it's your jam, then you're building your your strength score. There you go. Online, finding the VTT that is going to work for you that you can stand to spend time in. Yeah, that that's really good because, you know, I jumped into roll 20 pretty much immediately. I used to use map tool back in the day before that. Oh, I remember map tool. Yeah. Um, times. Some people don't use a VTT at all. They just like have their Photoshop open. Um, 
and a camera and that's fine. Uh, I know uh, Sly Flourish really likes uh, Albert Rodeo. Yeah, a lot of people like it if, because it's just more minimalist. It doesn't have quite as many bells and whistles. We've talked about Foundry a yeah. bunch of times. Uh, I keep I've been, I've bought Tailspire. I have yet to load it up and play with it, but I have it. Um, that would be a huge strength score if you could actually run a game off of Tailspire. That would be like you are the Hulk. I um, mean, right, right now, especially like, and I mean, it's, uh, you know, almost October of 2022 right now. I mean, the amount of different virtual tabletops has VTTs have freaking exploded. Like back when we started using roll 20, it was pretty much, Hey, you want to run and, run a VTT or run a TTRPG online, you're going to use roll 20 because mm-hmm. that's yeah all there is pretty much right now. It's like, you know, you've got a freaking buffet of all these different tabletops that range from, you know, the very simplistic to the incredibly complex. Like, you know, you can get into like campaign cartographer and, all that stuff and and it runs the gamut in terms of how much you want to invest too like you got a lot of cool free options if you're willing to throw down some cash there are some very extravagant paid options um it's it's freaking nuts the more that you can put a personal touch into your preparation for your players i think that's a the best um expression of strength as a gm because yes. Like, so my favorite thing to use to prepare for my virtual games is incarnate with a K. Mm. Um, and again, we're not paid by anyone uh, except for the patrons. Right. Oh, don't and remind me. <laughs> I, use, I use, I use incarnate all the time for um, battle mats uh, for, uh, the just the town like local views uh overland world maps and it's so easy to use it's just incredibly intuitive and friendly but there's also some depth to it and some trickery that you can you can learn to to advance and then um sometimes i'll take what i've done and i'll put it in photoshop afterwards to do some oh, extra yeah. stuff Doctor with like lighting or shadows or whatever. Yeah. I, I can do some more things with blur um, to give a sense of like depth, but even incarnate has some of that stuff built in. Um, yeah. I basically couldn't recommend it enough, but whatever well, you find ever since you got it, you you've used the bejesus out of that. Oh, that I have program. made so many maps so many and uh basically that's where probably 90 percent of my prep time goes the other 10 percent probably goes into sirenscape uh which oh, you turned sirenscape me on to is really cool isn't because, it neat man once you've started playing with sound it's really hard to go back to, <laughs> totally to a game format without it like even just having some background ambience or music is already huge I, but being able to match I, the scene you're in is even better I would say, honestly, for for the GM who is trying to up their strength score, 
Um, frankly, if you are a GM who has who is not using sound at all, using sound is basically like your way to power level yourself a level in in strength. Like if if your if your campaigns are dead silent apart from just you and your players talking, like turn on some ambient music, like stream a YouTube playlist for crying out loud, you know, turn on anything, Spotify yeah. playlist, add sound to your game. Just music doesn't have to be sound effects. That's yeah. a whole different thing. That but can get pretty just, hairy too. <laughs> oh yeah. But just background music adds literally a whole new dimension Oh, it really game. does. Um, Literally. Can't, um, can't say enough about doing that. Yeah. If you can have visuals and sound, that's huge. And both of those options uh, with Sirenscape and with uh, Incarnate, those are both fairly affordable subscription options. They're not yeah. a big deal. Um, one thing we picked up before was voice mod, uh, which you can voice do as a one time purchase, which is really nice. Um, that and you buy, I haven't gotten as much use out of it, but when I have used it, it's been fun. Hey, when I wanted to be a warforged and talk like a flipping robot and we, and we all did that by the way. And that was a lot of fun is like, it was so fun. We decided to play an Eberron game and every single one of us was decided to be a warforged because we all got voice mad voice mod in order to <laughs> turn us into more robotic sounding voices. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And, and then we were constantly reminded that we were not robots, but it's we like, you're robots. not robots. It's like, yeah, but also we're kind of robots. Um, robot. Yes. Technically we are not robots, but come oh, on robots, but come on. <laughs> This is obviously part of the fantasy, even though you actually did you know that Warforged don't count as constructs? They're actually still humanoids. Oh, that I don't care and I count them as constructs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough, right? Um You're not the boss yeah. of me. <laughs> yeah, technically the autonome uh, is the first official release of a construct race. Um I didn't know that. No. I always just assumed that they were constructs before. Uh, but anyway, um, should, yeah, uh, I, oh yeah. Should we move on to the next thing? Should yeah, we go to decks? Yeah. I think we're probably only going to cover the physical stats and then right. maybe we can do the, the mental stats, uh, another day. Are you yeah. hearing my cat? By the way, I'm listening. Kitty. Nope. No. Nothing. Oh, I'm just going to, we forgot to open throw the that into the we forgot I'll to right throw back. that into the intro. Adam uh Adam has 100% drunk the cat Kool-Aid. You hear him? You hear that? That's the sound of a man who didn't used to care about pets. He didn't <laughs> used to care about pets at all. He thought they yeah. were dumb and he would talk trash about animals to his kids but now he got a second one because he is broken and he has drunk the kool-aid deep, <laughs> deeply 
Well, the thing about having kids is when you get them a pet, they lose their crap. And then that makes you feel amazing. Um, <laughs> and so, but you know, the, you know, the age old dad story, dad doesn't want pet dad gets pet. Now it's dad's pet. Yeah. You know? And it's so true. And yeah, so I got a second cat so that my the first cat wouldn't gross. be alone. I know it's so bad. Uh, <laughs> but I love these little buggers, you know, and I'm only somewhat, al- I'm only a little bit allergic to them. <laughs> as long as I wash my hands frequently, I'm, I'm pretty much okay. What's, uh, what's the, what's, what's the new little guy or, or girl's name? Yeah, it's a her and Whoa. I have named her Fia. Ooh, that's pretty. Yes. I uh, named her from the Elden Ring character, Fia, the deathbed companion. Ah, you need those you need those debuff cuddles i told my oldest that she was like i love it i love it so yeah so deathbed cuddles um so if you don't know anything about fia the deathbed companion i highly recommend getting into elden ring lore even if you don't want to play the game just learn about some of the lore it's so deep so good um but yeah i have a soft spot for cats now um, yeah, you do. I, I still don't give a, a, a hoot about the snake we have or, uh, you know, we, like we had a bird for a while. I could care less. Uh, it died. I was like, oh, no. And oh, whatever. oh, shucks. No, it's shucks. because it's because snakes. We are trained to fear snakes and rightfully so. We're, we're evolved to fear snakes. That's that's right. Kitties. No. Look at that face. You can't look at those faces. In fact, we, we came from eyes. societies that worship them. Yes. <laughs> so. All you need to do is watch Shrek and see oh, yeah. that face when Puss shows up and his eyes take up half his face and they just turn into these hypnotic black spheres. And, you know, they're going to get you. The standalone film. Not so great. Um, but uh, anyway, Let's go ahead and move on to Dex. Yeah. Uh, dexterity for a GM, again, referring to your ability to roll with punches, the ability to balance many things at once, the ability to work efficiently. Uh, it's lots of little things, but they all make up a dexterous, very sort of slick dungeon master. I, I got to I got to stop you. We, we missed, we missed the, the easiest segue in the history of segues. Like, oh, because Boston Boots uses Speaking his of cats, oh. let's move on to dexterity. I mean, I mean. It's true. They, they do uh, min max for dexterity. They, they. And do. wisdom. Because um, they have very, very good senses. They Even if do. they can't tell the obvious thing that you're trying to do <laughs> for them. Always. Cats, cats can be dumb. Um, what, it's, what it's, it's a our, fun thing. What would a, what would a cat do best if they were a GM? <laughs> They'd knock the pieces off the table and then leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they rage quit. They flip <laughs> they just, the table. Just, ah! It's not so much rage as much as it is disdain. <laughs> I'm leaving here. Right meow. <laughs> Enjoy your little game. You know. 
Look, I killed the boss. It was easy. <laughs> easy. So easy. So how do, I am, how do I'm going to do something grown up and skillful, like lick my butt. <laughs> <laughs> don't you wish you could do that? What? You don't? You're weird. <laughs> You're weird. You guys are gross. You guys are gross. So how how can we become more cat-like with our cat-like reflexes? Yes. So one thing is you have to build experience, and that means you have to DM a lot. And that's mm-hmm. probably something that is going to affect a lot of these things, frankly. You know, the most basic thing <laughs> I can say is it. run more D&D, right? It's like I could tell you all about the theory of developing abdominal muscles, but if you won't do any setups, I don't know what to tell you. Right. So it's there's that. The other thing that you do is you, this kind of goes off of strength a little bit. If we try to like hit strength too hard, then we're going to end up being like a big bulky guy that can't get through a door frame or touch his toes. Right. Yeah, so you what get it, weighed down by all the stuff. You get weighed down by all the stuff, precisely. Yeah. And so dexterity is about going, okay, how do I get the strength in without me, like, bashing my head against a wall, right? How do I figure out what to juggle So, like, when you present options to players, a lot of times there's actually fewer outcomes that are possible. Sometimes there there could even be just one. Or rather, there's one outcome, but there's different flavors or starting zones, you know, that sort of thing. You want to present players with, with at least the illusion of choice, if not the literal truth of it. Um, And so, like... Dexterity is about number one, picking your battles. Yep. What actually needs to be behind that screen? What actually needs to be at that table? What actually needs to be put in the car and shipped over? What can you live without? Yeah. How much of this could be just printed and put into a binder that we could just refer to that instead of going, here, let me just lug 50 books around from table to table and then use a page out of each of them. Right. Yeah. You know, this, this actually makes me, um, brings to mind something that, uh, um, our good, our good friend Dragna Carta, uh, told me a ways back when I was still running curse of Strahd. Um, cause a lot of times, Something that a lot of GMs, including myself, run into is what stops people from running a lot of times is, at least to some degree, fear. And mm-hmm. the, yeah. the a lot of times that fear can stem from, frankly, being afraid of not knowing an answer when you are asked by mm-hmm. a player. Um and one thing Dragna told me that seems so like it was one of those things where when you hear it, it seems so painfully obvious, yet it's not something that like pops into a lot of people's heads. Surely wasn't mine was that if you don't want 
the players to, if you don't want to deal with a question or you're not ready to answer a certain question or present details about a certain topic, don't present that topic. Like if you're not ready to discuss a certain family's lineage, don't put that family's lineage on the table. Don't don't point these things out. Anything you are including in the game is stuff that's basically you're basically saying, hey, players, this is the stuff that I have for you to interact with. This is your toy box. So anything you include in there, you're kind of inviting your players to kind of poke it, prod it, you know, ask you questions about right, it. Yeah. If you bring it up, then they're going to ask about it. And you're like, wait, don't ask about it. Right. right. And it seems like such a basic thing, but in our effort to be like thorough and impressive, yep. we can we can outbalance ourselves and bite off more than we can chew, frankly. And it's totally okay to to go to choose not to include things because you're like, you know what? Does that really need to be there? <laughs> Am I ready for it to be there? And if the answer is no, it's okay to leave it out. And that'll leave you as we're talking about more room to be flexible. You'll feel less encumbered because with dexterity, you want to run lean, right? Absolutely. You want, you want to be efficient, right? Right. You want to do the most word. You want to be elegant. You want to do the most with the least. Right. And that's, that's very tricky. And that's why I refer a lot to experience. So one example I can give you is like characters, right? Yep. I have a problem where a lot of times I will, (laughs) I I have many problems, but here's one of them. Stop right there. I have a problem. I have a problem. I make too many characters, frankly. I like, I build out my, my world of NPCs and I start going like full Bethesda and I start like designing who lives everywhere. Right. And who does what and what the <laughs> ecosystem is, yeah. what, what is the economics of the area? That's, that's a good recipe for burnout. Yep. If you, um, if you can try to deliver more information with fewer characters, is there any reason why the innkeeper couldn't come up with this? Is there any reason why the Smith couldn't deliver this information. Is there any reason why the player couldn't figure this out on their own and then share it with their fellow party members? And that might actually be the very best choice, right? Um, you don't always need to make a new character for every little thing. Yep. Right. Um, it took me forever to realize I didn't have to like create brand new stat blocks for every character, right? That like, the reason why we had things like cultist and commoner and veteran were yep. was precisely so you could avoid all of this. Yep. Right. Um, reskinning monsters is another good way of, of attacking. Um, also, if you don't let players behind the screen, they don't have to know what's behind the screen. And right. if this ogre can cast fireball, then he can cast fireball. Like it's fine. I would just say, you know, take away something somewhere else, right? Reskinning is your friend. Reflavoring, flavor is always free, guys. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. But here's the other aspect of dexterity you want to talk about. 
And it's this thing that I used to experience a lot in college and I've done well getting away from that. And it's like when you get frazzled as a DM and like, you just have so many people coming at you and asking you questions and stuff. And you just get tired. Right. And you go, what? And you just like, don't even hear what people are saying anymore. Mm -hmm. So one reason why we can lose focus as a, as GMs like during a game is because while someone's asking a question or while players are talking to each other, we find the opportunity to try to think of something. Mm. And that is a no, no. I would recommend more so listening, Yeah, listen to your players and they're coming up with ideas. And if you're clever, they're writing the plot for you. And you can just say, that is a brilliant idea. You are a genius. And players like to feel smart, by the way. And so you can just roll with that. Now, let's say you you have, you've designed a bunch of stuff, right? I made all these maps. They have to go to it. Fine. Don't tell them that their idea is dumb, that they can't do the thing. Come up with a reason why the their idea leads to that thing. Yeah. Right. Well, I want to go talk to the lady and, you know, I want to go talk to the, the, the Miller's wife and see if she's seen anything. Right. Okay. You sure you don't want to go like the guild master told you directly what to do and to go out into the wilderness and look for kobolds. Right. It's like, no, I want to go talk to the the Miller. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, it's such a good thing that you said that. All right. Players almost never like just ask people around town. You're so smart. Well, she's seen this thing and it turns out it leads you to this area that leads you to the cobalt dungeon. What? Right. Can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my I, goodness. You know, that actually makes me. uh think of when I was when I was writing the um, the puzzles and riddles portion of Nord's uh, treacherous traps which if you're looking for a book about that stuff go check it out maybe Um, but I was doing some research on like you know how to write riddles and things like that especially with um, tabletop RPGs in mind and I actually watched one of uh, Guy Sklander's videos over on how to be a great GM. And there's a great bit of advice in there um, that where it's just a great rule of thumb when it comes to puzzles and riddles and stuff, especially if you're trying to make your own, where when you put it into the game, if the players come up with an answer that you didn't think of, but it still fits, that's the answer. And you can apply that kind of thinking to all kinds of other stuff too. When the players are engaged and they're throwing out ideas that are actually well thought out ideas, they're not just like, you know, screaming at the top of their lungs about any old random thing. If they're really thinking and they throw an idea at you, give it a minute and really think about it and go, 
is there any reason why this shouldn't work? Why this is objectively wrong? And if the answer is no, freaking use it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. like you're saying the and another thing Dragna told me when I'd ask him questions and stuff, he's like, have you asked your players? That's another huge one that like never occurred to me. And it's like, if you have something you're not sure about, or if you're trying to figure out, you know, a bit of world building that you're trying to flesh out or whatever, you don't have to do it all yourself. You can ask the players, how old do you think this guy should be? What do you think his name should be? Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 You know, yep. offload some of the work to your players because I bet you they'll have a lot of fun with it. You know, I can't find his name right now. You never wrote it, but um, <laughs> you never wrote it. Oh, give me a name that like fits his personality. Like, what do you what do you think? Uh, definitely a Bruno. OK, his name's Bruno now. Right. But Fantastic. we don't talk about him. We don't talk about him. Never. We don't talk about Bruno. Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Coco's better. Anyway, uh, what I oh, wanted to... Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, Coco is a very good movie. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, me comparing most things to Coco. Shots fired. The shots fired, indeed. Not that Encanto's bad. It's fine. Um, okay. Uh, I think that's all they wanted to say regarding dexterity and and how to build it um so yeah i think some of the main takeaways being minimize the um, amount of stuff that you bring and focus on the things that are most important number two uh give yourself that the quick reference that you need that kind of fills in that like dm screen space one uh positive i can say about Spelljammer because i know i was mean to it um, the screen's actually pretty good and the, uh, information inside the screen's pretty useful. Uh, and, uh, the other thing is just active listening, listen yeah. to your players. Don't try to think of things while they're talking because yeah. then you won't hear them. By the way, same's true in dating, right? <laughs> just don't try to think of something brilliant to say. Just listen. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Sometimes it's, it is easier to just shut the heck up. Uh, just yeah. Just I mean, dead, I dead. <laughs> I say that, but I I I say that with the full understanding that I am the most massive hypocrite when it comes to that that there ever has been. Um, no, I, I don't know how to shut up. Uh, <laughs> I well. <laughs> But look, look, Andrew likes things. Okay. That's what we I know. do. Andrew I do. likes the thing and he is going to tell you about the thing. Boy, howdy. And uh, because if you, I don't, I will wind up in the hospital. He's got to share, man. He loves to share. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Um, But okay. before, before we jump to constitution, I want to throw this in here too for dexterity because I think dexterity also has um, that's I think that's also where someone's ability to improvise comes in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think adaptability is a big, big part of dexterity as well. And um, to this, 
I will just quickly say use the uh, the ever repeated improv rule of yes and where basically anything you're presented with approach it with the mindset of saying yes and to it. Sometimes you will need to say no. You don't have to say yes to everything, but let approval kind of be the default in your mind. And then just, you know, ask yourself real quick when you're presented with something like that, you know, is there anything that's a, that's an excellent addition. And I, I can't believe I neglected to talk about it because yeah, improvisation plays a huge role in this hobby, of course, mm-hmm. uh, particularly as GM. When we, so, you know, we have to play so many different characters. And yes, and is a rule that people really struggle with. Yeah. Um, particularly when you get a bunch of creative types in a room. Oh my God. A lot yeah. of times we want to be the one who came up with the brilliant idea, right? It's like, dude, give each other some credit. Give oh, each yeah. other some space to be successful and be the creative one in this moment. You know, you might be really surprised what you come up with. Last yeah. night when we were running a game, um, you know, I was doing some like light banter between an NPC and a, and a player as we're mm. doing kind of like a catch up moment. And he goes, teach me something about being a shaman, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I didn't prepare anything for that. No. So, so what I, so I, uh, one hand I say, he teaches you something game plus one spell slot. You know, I don't know. That would have been stupid. Right. But right. no, Correct. instead that would have been stupid. oh it would have been lazy let's say you know that might have been a better way of putting it um i mean even that would still have been better than oh he doesn't have time to teach you that uh just move on right like that's the most like not dexterous answer i could think of just shut it down no (laughs) he's like Ah, i refuse great um that was fun Instead, I took it as an opportunity to foreshadow what was going to happen in like I knew what I wanted to happen. Right. So one easy thing you could do is give players a vision. Right. And uh, I explained something about how to how to get there. And then I started describing things that were going to play into the theme. And long story short, I've decided that the final chapter of my long running campaign is going to be Spelljammer, basically. Uh, yeah. we're taking all these characters and we're putting them in space and uh, they're going to deal with some universal big problems because they're level 20 and it's time. Um, so this gave an opportunity to just give them a little hint as to what was to come. And foreshadow is good for you. Yeah. It's also a good sign of, of strong dexterity uh, because you know where you're going and you know you're going to get there. Yeah. But in a way that doesn't feel forced. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, I think the only other thing that I would add to Dex, uh, before we move on is, um, and this kind of goes hand in hand with the improv thing. The, the more you prep, the less room you Mm -hmm. give yourself for flexibility the, mm-hmm. the more walls you put up, the more hallways you create, the, the yep. less space you have to move around. 
So when you prep, try to err on the side of generalities. Give, you know, come up with general situations, but don't try to plan out every single possible approach there could be to a situation. Let that stuff just emerge in the game and you will have more fun and you will be more surprised by what comes because you haven't overthought it. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's something that we, we learn a lot from Sly Flourish, right? And that's something that he has written about extensively. And uh, usually it like, and this comes to the elegance question, right? Yep. Like at a certain point, there is such a thing as too little prep, right? You're clearly unprepared. You're clearly not ready. But then there's also the such a thing as, okay, now you need to stop. You need to know what that limit is. Yeah. Like to a certain extent, you have to force yourself to sit in front of your computer or open up your notebook and get yourself working. Yeah. But you also don't need to sit there for eight hours, right? Right. You put in a good hour, hour and a half of prep time. Honestly, that's plenty. At least for like, you know, getting the main meat and potatoes out of the way. Um, What I'll do is I'll take a Saturday every now and then, and I will just make a ton of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that way, the the next few weeks, I don't have to do quite as much prep. And that's kind of nice because then that way we get a lot of creative energy out, but we don't overdo it. Like never write yourself a script, but always have those bullet points ready to go. Don't think about everything a player might choose to do. But if you're thinking of something that's kind of bothering you, like, Man, what if they pick this instead? Either follow that Dragna advice and don't present it, or B, okay, have one or two possibilities that could come up and how you might drive those, either towards meaningful choices or how they somehow steer to where you want them to go. Yeah. Give yourself some points of reference to kind of just help you steer your own thinking instead of coming, trying to come up with a ton of specific answers, just give yourself some signposts that'll help you think more on your feet in the moment. I think as GMs, like all of us have had the moments where we have felt super prepared and then we're like flipping through books and we can't find the information and we know we've seen it somewhere and where's the file and hold on, let me get the right sound effect, everybody, you know, and then you're just, you're just juggling and you're like tired and you look over at the time and it's been half an hour. right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wow, the game only got started and uh, I'm I already need a break. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, um, it's rough. Okay. I think we have talked about dexterity extensively. Hopefully uh, everyone has some ideas of how to improve. Yeah. Um, now, Constitution. This uh, one I think is probably, while I think it's maybe the the probably the hardest one to really get good at. I think mm-hmm. it's probably also one of the simplest ones. Yeah, I think that you're probably right about that. Um, the 
constitution in this case is going to refer to a GM's ability to keep going, to have longevity in their games, to be able to run a longer form game, the ability to prevent burnout to themselves. And you'll notice that all of these are connected, right? Mm. If I focus too much on strength, I can get overwhelmed with my dexterity and thus not have it, which will lead to burnout, which leads to low constitution, right? right? So a lot of these things end up growing together as you create goals for yourself to improve a little bit, because you shouldn't come away from this show and say, okay, I now have nine goals going into my next session. Don't do that. <laughs> right. Nope. Make yourself two at the most, <laughs> right? Yep. One goal over several sessions that leads to quite a lot of improvement. And uh, that's definitely worth it. So I, I would say point number one to increase longevity, give yourself realistic goals, right? Mm. Stuff that, isn't going to be like, okay, I'm going to be a master GM tomorrow. I, I watched critical role. Now I want to be a Matt Mercer. It's like, no, You're not just be, be, just be a, a slightly better Andrew tomorrow. Yeah. Right. And then be an even better Andrew the next day, but only a little bit, right. Take baby these steps. little, take these baby steps, but also make sure that you are taking meaningful steps. Um, Make sure that you know how to measure whether or not you were successful with that goal. Yeah. Make, and make, make specific, quantifiable goals. Specific, quantifiable, but also realistic yeah. goals, right? Like, it could be really easy to, to be overwhelmed or like, oh, I got inspired and I drew a character for the game, but... Now I feel obligated to do that for every NPC. It's like, no, you, you aren't that. obligated. Just stop. Okay. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Um, so that's one piece of advice. The other thing I would say is the same thing I said for the other things, which is run more. Um, there are going to be times where you're not going to want to run. You're going to sit down at your computer and all those pretty icons for your games are going to be sitting there and you're going to be like, uh, I could just cut out an hour of this. Sometimes you got to toughen up. Sometimes you just got to do it. Sometimes you got to force it. And you'd probably be surprised that after that initial force, it actually comes really nicely and you're, and you're just fine. But what we don't want to feel is that constant guilt in the back of our minds of unfinished labors of things that we said we were going to do. And then we didn't do them. Mm. Tackle it, sit down and tackle, do it. I, and I, I realize that I'm, I'm sitting here like Shia LaBeouf and being like, just do it. Right. But like, sometimes that's what you need. Mm. Sometimes you got to go, man, I really want to quit today. Do you have to? Or can you toughen yourself through it? Because you'll probably be happier having done it than not done it. I had a GM this week, uh, or last week, I rather. He ran the game while having COVID. <laughs> um, mind you, it was, a, it was a virtual game. So, sure. you know, I would say maybe in person that would have been ir- irresponsible. But, you know, we were all like, hey, man, 
if you need to take the night off, that's totally fine. And he was like, no, no, no. Let's see what we can get done. Yeah. You know, I think that's respectable. Yeah. I, you know, and this is, this is the thing that I, this is where I often have, I don't even want to say a problem because I honestly, I don't see it as a problem. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, virtue and applause thrown at the person who will just power through all the time. Um, I and and I I agree that generally speaking, like, you know, if you just have that that one night where, you know, you're just feeling kind of meh about it. Yeah. You know, definitely. Like, not if you're going to have a def- nervous breakdown, right? Like, well, de- I'm <laughs> I'm saying, you know, if it's if it's something, you know, where where it's like a one off kind of, you know, you're just not feeling all that thrilled about it tonight. That's one thing. Definitely try to stick that out. But stick it out. If you if you have multiple sessions in a row. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're going months on end where literally every single time it's time to play, you just you're you're not enjoying it. You're not having Mm -hmm. fun with it. You're not feeling motivated. You don't want to do it anymore. Do Mm -hmm. not keep making yourself do it. There's you are not going to win yourself any points. You're you know, it's not a test of the human spirit if. You, this ultimately, yes, we talk a whole lot about there being an art to this and there, you know, and all that. But ultimately, it's a game. And if you're not having fun playing the game, stop playing the game and go find a new one. Because if it's not fun, you ought not be doing it. That's so what we're here for. What, what I'll agree with there for sure is this idea of, Okay, over several sessions, this has not been fun. This has been a slog. I hate this. Yeah, it's fine to wrap that up because, you know, just like if you're working out, like if you're if you've thrown out your shoulder, don't just power it. Right. Right. Like you got to take care of your body. Otherwise, you can have like permanent problems. If it's not working for you, don't just try to force it to work for you. Right. I don't think my body stretches that way. Okay. Well, you don't need to force that to happen. Right. Right. That's this totally, totally fine. And even I've, you know, you know me, I'm like the show must go on, but even I have had to cancel games and not even just a session, but like we're done playing. Yeah. We're done playing this game. And that's a rare thing for me, but it does happen. Yeah. Um, it was, and, and it sucks, but what, what can you do? Sometimes it's better for your longevity to actually not go further. And you, you just have to be able to recognize those moments yeah. because if I, if I canceled every time and I know this is not what you're saying, but like if I canceled every time I was just not feeling it that night, I would cancel far more than I do because I, I almost oh, never want to do anything that I consider to be a, um, an obligation. And at a certain point, your GMing does become an obligation and then it feels like a job. And then you want to distract yourself. And it's like, okay, well those feelings, you need to, you need to fight those. 
Yeah. Right. Cause you're, you're just basically being lazy, but like if you, yeah, if you're miserable, that's different. That is very different. And continuing when you're miserable. Yeah. is probably not the best way to go because if you're miserable, it's likely your players are miserable too, or at least some of them are. Yeah. And some players, you just kind of get, get away from other players and, that's a whole other thing. Yep. It definitely um, is. One thing I would recommend for building constitution, if you want to like, I want to run longer games, but I really have a hard time doing that. Um, I recommend the short form campaign. Um, not the one shot. I think one shots are overrated. I don't like them. Um, I've been in very few that I've enjoyed. Um, I was actually in one recently that I really liked. It was from Honey Heist, which I talked about before. That was the most fun I ever had in a one shot. Um, I'm pretty pissed that I missed that. <laughs> I, I'm. You really did miss it because it was so up your alley. It was nothing but bear shenanigans. Uh, um, it was fantastic. But most of the time I hear people saying, oh, I'm just going to run a run shot. I'm just going to run a one shot. I'm like, <sighs> so you want to say you did it but you don't actually want to commit to anything. What, um, what I would recommend is like somewhere in between a one shot, right. And a campaign. So do like, okay, this game is going to be six sessions long and then it's over. Mm. This, this campaign is going to be 10 sessions, 12 sessions, whatever it is. But like, this is a set amount of episodes and then it's over wherever that is, you know, um, I did that for the patrons um, and supporters uh, where we ran the Dragon Age based uh, campaign and people really enjoyed that. It was fun to visit those characters and to be with them. But I don't know if we needed to be there for six months of our actual lives. Right. right? And so being able to run games of that length and being able to say, the end yeah. when it comes to the end is so invigorating. Mm. You need to have that experience to build your constitution. You need to be able to not say, Hey guys, I uh, we're canceled indefinitely. Sometimes you have to, but the more often that you can say the end, yeah, the better it's going to be for you. And if you don't think you can get there, then maybe your game's just too long. So don't plan for it to be a long game. Hey guys, we're going to start at level three and we're going to get to level five. And then that's it. Yep. And, and that is perfectly fine. As long as there's an interesting, succinct story that happens there. Yeah. But that, yeah, that would be my, my main advice for sort of exercising it. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with all that stuff. I, I don't know that I really have anything to add. I mean, constitution is one of those things where it's, you know, I think I think it's less about it's one of those things where it's less about technique and it's more about just doing the thing. The yep. the more the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll be with doing it. And yep. and the more comfortable you get, the more relaxed you'll be doing it mm-hmm. and the more easy it will feel to do it more. It'll just kind of snowball on itself. Um, and like I say, all these ability scores will end up affecting each other. Yeah. And, and the, the short answer is 
for all of it is DM more, right? And so it it's just a thing where, okay, once my experience is higher, then my efficiency is better. Therefore, my longevity is better. Therefore, my ability to focus what novel aspects I want to improve your knowledge of the game. Like as we get into the other things like intelligence, wisdom and charisma, like it just all builds and builds and builds and builds. Because not only are your ability scores going up, but you're gaining levels, right? You're you're leveling up, you're gaining special abilities, which, by the way, I want to do is another episode are like DM feats (laughs) that you can take. Yeah. Maybe little badges that you can give to your GMs like, hey, man, I think you earned this, right? Um, <laughs> Some of them can be kind of roasty, tongue in cheek. You oh, know? boy. <laughs> Just don't give it to a person who doesn't have the temperament for that kind of nonsense. <laughs> for that kind of thing. Punched right in the face. <laughs> so I've been accused many times of like edging <laughs> when I use uh, experience points. Um, don't do that. I'm fine with that. You know, I'm fine with that as a label, right? That's okay. (laughs) Some people like the cliffhanger. Some people like being, you know, 30 experience points away from leveling, you know, (laughs) so that kind of stuff can go straight in the garbage where it belongs. If you're that close, you freaking you put me over the line. I don't care if you have to like you know, fudge something on your taxes. You freaking do it. <laughs> you do it. Okay. We're going to give you XP on credit. So you won't earn XP for the first section of next session, but you will level up now. Okay. You, you <laughs> joke about that, but you've done that crap and it works. You were like, all right, let's will, make a deal. I'll put you over the edge now, but the next fight in the game, you guys aren't going to get XP. I, you find me one person who's going to be like, <laughs> they won't take uh, that deal. You know, I'd really rather not like you throw that dude out into traffic and you take the level. <laughs> wow. That's, it's pretty harsh. Wow. You know, you know, people come here for the hot takes and that's what they're getting. That's what they're getting. getting the Anyone standing in the way of that level. When you're that close, you freaking <laughs> vote. That loser off the island is what you do. Now, see, I, I got to take a book out of the page of Scheherazade and a you know, book out of the page. Well, one of the many pages, right? <laughs> thousand, thousand, a page out Did of I the say book? book out of you said oh, a book out of the page. I was wow, like, what are okay. you doing? That's okay. not how that works. That was a dexterity fumble <laughs> on my part right there. Um, <laughs> well done, well done. Well done. Uh, Yep. So uh, Shahrazad didn't want to be killed by her husband, uh, so she kept um, telling him almost complete stories every night, and uh, then he would want to come back for more. And so then eventually he was like, "Ah, I guess you can stay." Devious. A thousand one Arabian Nights. Oh, um. Man. Okay. So uh, that's how to build your physical DM stats. If uh, we don't have anything better to talk about next time, then we'll get into the um, the mental ones. Yeah. So just to recap for everyone, we had strength, which is essentially the the doing of the stuff, the making of the <laughs> things. 
that right. getting getting your hands uh, literally or digitally dirty, and um, you know having having campaign or you know game assets and uh, prep stuff to actually show for your efforts. Uh, we have dexterity, which is your flexibility and your ability to be nimble at the table, uh, both when it comes to how you structure your campaign and your adventure, as well as how you interact with the game while you're at the table. And then lastly, we've got constitution, which is essentially your, your stamina and your staying power and your ability to, to run more, um, to run longer, to run more frequently. Um, and ultimately all these things, uh, as Adam said, will feed into one another, at least in small ways, if not big ones. And, you know, as you work on one, you will, you kind of can't help, but work on the other ones, at least a bit. Um, so like Adam said, run more. If you're feeling up to it, if you feel like you're not, you know, and be honest with yourself, maybe, you know, your life situation doesn't really allow for you to make these kind of big commitments or things like that. Don't force it. But if you're being honest with yourself and you feel like you have the uh, the mental space for it and you feel like you have the time to be able to to do the thing right, give it a shot. And, you know, you will make mistakes, and mistakes are fine. Mistakes are how we grow. Um, I remember I was watching uh, one of the old episodes of Futurama where Bender winds up talking to God and um, was, was basically asking how... Uh, how you know if you did if you did what you were supposed to do the right way and he basically gets told you know typically when you do something right you no one even realizes you did anything at all like things just feel like they go the way they're supposed to but mistakes are are a tremendous learning opportunity it's something with visible evidence that you can really look at and go, okay, it wasn't just that this thing didn't go well for me. It's also something you can look at and go, you know, why didn't this go well? And there are things there that you can look at and really kind of critique yourself and use those as, as stepping stones to help yourself grow, you know, and don't be hard on yourself. Just roll with the punches and, and, see where your own uh, GMing journey takes you because everyone everyone's journey is going to be unique um, and if you are embarking on this journey we would love to hear about it and you can get in touch with us by heading over to our Patreon over at Inspiration Point nope that's wrong patreon.com slash inspiration point uh, and pledging at any of the levels that you see there, and it'll get you access to our Discord where you can talk with us or any of the folks in our community who are 
wonderful, by the way, um, and go on this journey together with the other folks that we have here with us, with Adam and myself. You know, we we are always growing too. You know, we sit here and talk like we know everything, and we definitely don't. There are tons of things <laughs> that we are that we really are still learning, um, and it's always more fun and it's always more gratifying to learn together with other people where we can share our experiences and um, and just enjoy some good company while we're at it. So, oh man, get out there, get your GM sweat on. <laughs> and until next time, stay inspired. Bye. And sweaty. Stay until Bye. next time. Stay sweaty. Don't take sweaty. don't take a shower. Just <laughs> just leave it on you. Just <laughs> the sweat just, is how the body cleans itself. This yes, it's it's water, right? It's just <laughs> it's just water and it's a cowboy shower. That's <laughs> uh, actually that sounds really bad. Uh, okay, bye everybody. <laughs> uh, no, bye. Oh, God. <laughs>